This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, we have got a warm-up on the way, thank goodness. It's five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday morning. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm Pam Yankee. So today, cloudy skies are going to be a part of our Thursday, but so are milder temperatures. Today's daytime high, about 38 degrees, which means it's going to get messy around the state. And then by this afternoon, got a chance of light rain or snow showers. Winds today out of the south, then out of the northwest, 8 to 15 miles an hour. Tonight, we'll drop down to 5 degrees as a cold front moves in. In fact, we could feel wind chills minus 5 to minus 15 by Friday morning. Then the sun will be out on Friday. 17 are expected high. Saturday will bounce up to 23. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, has more weather details in about 15 minutes. And speaking of details, we're going to try to get some details on what's happening down at the State House. Although it's early on in Governor Tony Evers' administration, he's already floating a couple balloons that are catching Wisconsin agriculture's attention. Clean water, for example, in rural health care. We're talking this morning with the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, that's Senator Howard Markline, on what he is seeing developing and how he's bringing that group together. And Bryce Knorr joins us live via Skype before 6 o'clock. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming in this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. Learn more at Compeer.com. Trademarks of Compeer Financial and Equal Credit Opportunity Lender. Well, you know, a lot of folks are meeting with their bankers on a regular basis trying to have those difficult conversations. What is 2019 going to look like? What are you going to need as far as operating cash to make it happen? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, of course, none of those decisions are made individually but instead collectively. And, Bob, I'll tell you, at this uh, stage in the game, you want as many bright minds around that table as you can. That's for sure. Boy, am I disappointed you didn't wish me a happy Valentine's Day. Well, as soon as I receive a greeting of such, I will share it with you. (laughs) But it is Valentine's Day. We hope everybody does have a happy Valentine's Day. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And yes, we all could use some uh, bright words to make agriculture a little bit more palatable right now in these days of uh, lower commodity prices. One of the speakers that dealt with that at the recent Wisconsin Corn Soy Pork Expo down the Dells, David Cole, Virginia Tech uh, professor, and of course a gentleman that speaks all over the country on the conditions in agriculture, not only in this country, but all over the world. And he talked to the growers at the Dells about uh, what his concerns are going into spring of 2019 with low commodity prices and uncertain trade relationships around the world. Well, one of the things is we're in this uh, sixth going on seventh year of the economic reset in agriculture. And I was asked down in Kingman, Kansas the other day, a guy says, well, when's this thing going to turn around? And I says, unless we have a major weather event, it's probably not going to turn around. And and this is different than the 1980s. We had a large drop, of course, in uh, prices and subsequent land values. But this one I kind of call the grinder. We're just kind of grinding along, and it really impacts people's financials, but also impacts the emotions. High on the radar screen, 
for the next few months is going to be whether this uh, new NAFTA agreement, USMCA, is ratified. you got to remember, everybody's focused on China. Canada and Mexico are number one, third trading partner in agriculture. And so that agreement ratification is going to be very, very critical. Second thing is, of course, the ongoing uh, discussions with China. And one of the things that uh, you'll find there is we're probably going to get some concessions. Is it going to be gangbuster? Probably not. So, again, trade is going to be high on that radar screen. As you look at this uh, U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, how much different is it from NAFTA looking at it? It seems like there's a lot of the same language in it. So how much can we expect other than to get trade back to the normal status? Well, one of the things is you're exactly right. It it was more tweaked uh, than, you know, ripped up or torn up. Uh, But if I'm across from uh, Congressman Pelosi, one of the things I'm going to say is we need this agreement ratification. You know why? I call it North American Strong. You take Canada, Mexico, and United States, we're 28% of the world economy with over 450 million people. You aren't going to get that power block of an economy anywhere in the world. The other element is uh, we have such integration, uh, whether it's manufacturing, technology in North America, and then the other thing, it's on energy. We're the number one energy producer. Canada's now number four. Mexico is number eight. We got the top three of the top of 10 right here in the North America. So from an energy standpoint, agriculture standpoint, and an integration of supply chain management, very, very critical agreement. What would be an opposition statement on this agreement from Pelosi or anybody else? Well, one of the things is that they said maybe we didn't go far enough or uh, maybe we better, um, uh, you know, uh, pay attention to maybe the European agreements or the Chinese agreements. And that that's basically political posturing. And, and one of the things that uh, common sense says that, uh, hey, we pulled out a TPP, Trans-Pacific Trade Agreement. What happened there? One of the things is uh, China came right in, filled the void, and it gave China a strategic advantage. This is not about political tactics. It's about strategy. We are in a situation now with Japan, and uh, you know they're still in what's left of the TPP with the European Union. Why did the president get out, and is there a possibility of getting back in and getting a bilateral deal done in time? Well, it's interesting, Bob. It wasn't only our, uh, the president, but President Obama didn't want to be in, involved with it uh, as well. And uh, yes, uh, there are uh, positions there that we could get back into TPP, and it's very, very critical because you take all those TPP nations, uh, it adds up to considerable trade. Of course, you know, you take uh, Japan, it's over $4 billion worth of trade. And see, what's going on, uh, you've got all this political turmoil around the world. Everybody thinks it's just here in the United States, but what do you got? New leadership in Mexico. You got new leadership in Brazil. You're going to have new leadership in Germany as Chancellor Merkel transitions out. And so what's happening is keeping these power blocks together is going to be very, very critical because one of the outcomes could be we could go back to a populist. In other words, take care of ourselves. Let's forget about the world. And of course, all you got to do is go back to the 1920s, 1930s and see the implications there uh, with Smoot-Hawley and, you know, some of the other acts there. So I'm a proponent of great, uh, global trade, but also fair trade as well. But we can't wait. Rural America is in tough shape. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and one of the things that you can see, while well, you take state of Wisconsin, you just gave some statistics, you know, our dairy farms are down 
uh, and have. And what's happening is the more we do this, you're going to see the out-migration of people, talent, and uh, uh, brains to the suburban and urban area. And uh, so, no, we can't wait. And again, we need some strategic action uh, to make sure we solidify not only agriculture but rural America. And I'll just kind of come back. Every time we lose a dairy farm, you think about it, the multiplier effect is, uh, you know, whatever their revenue is, multiply it by 6 to $8. And, and one of the things is it just takes the heart right out of a rural community. And we're feeling that in our rural communities here in Wisconsin. Dr. David Kohler, our guest here from Virginia Tech at the Corn Soy Expo. The Chinese negotiations... Are agricultural people pawns in this because we're talking about intellectual property and those sorts of things and agriculture just kind of a sidebar? No, you know, I, I, I've heard other speakers say it's kind of a sidebar. I, I would say not because uh, let's look at P- President Xi in China. He's very, very strong agriculture advocate. And all you got to do is look at the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative, where they're making substantial investment uh, throughout the world, 68 countries, $158 billion. Agriculture is high on their priority list, Uh, though I would have to say I think critical in the trade negotiations, former Governor Branset, of course, he has a real good trust with President Xi. And uh, I would contend to say, uh, no, agriculture is not the pawn. It's kind of the foundation behind the pyramid of the trade agreements. So I'll, I'll kind of go just a little bit different. And, and here's the whole Belt and Road Initiative. They followed our Marshall Plan. Boy, our Marshall Plan made ag- or made America great in the 50s up through the mid-60s because it made us global. Well, they want another source of food, fiber, and fuel through investment in the Southern Hemisphere, not only to elevate the Chinese economy, but the Asian economy. Bob, it's real interesting. Three out of every seven people in the world that will have money uh, in the next decade and the following decade will reside in the Asian rim. Oh, it's an Asian strategic strategy. So, so again, agriculture is not the pawn here. Uh, it's very strategic uh, from a Chinese standpoint. And they have to realize with that many people being in the Asian rim, as we see in China, they're building a city the size of Los Angeles about every three years. That means they don't have people in rural China. Are they going to be more and more dependent on the rest of the world for their food then? Yeah, you know, another element, you you bring up a good point. They're urbanizing just as well as we are. They're moving to a service-based economy just like we have. But one of the limiting factors in China is their natural resource base. Half the water in northern China is so nasty you can't wash it. And 21% of its arable soils uh, have a lot of metal toxicity up in, so the plant it's just not a robust plant. If you don't have a robust plant, you don't have a robust animal. Or if the human being eats it, you don't have a robust human being. And so their big limitation oftentimes is natural resource. And this is one of the strategic aspects behind the Belt and Road Initiative. Do you think we're going to have an agreement by the end of February 1st of March? Are these tariffs going to go back on? Yeah. I'll just throw there. I think you'll have a temporary agreement, just like this uh deal in the government shutdown a newscaster asked me probably three weeks ago i says it'll be a temporary deal and what you're going to see is a temporary deal so they keep kind of dragging it out you know further and further but bob one of the previous speakers here at the conference said uh, we've got to watch out of a recession and particularly right now we're seeing this glo- synchronized global slowdowns of the economy He talked about China slowing down, but boy, Europe is, Japan is, and the key question is they're watching that real closely 
because uh, this may be one of the motivators to get some trade agreements done so that it doesn't drag the United States into a full-fledged recession. Let's bring it back home as we get farmers going in to get spring operating loans. Uh, relationship with the bankers is going to be all that more important. Uh, the ban- The bankers we know are changing a little bit as far as to what they're looking for. What are you finding the bankers are looking for that farmers should be aware of as they go in to get these loans? I mean, we talk about land as the farmer's uh, biggest item of wealth. Is that on the line? Yeah, no no doubt it is. It's going to be a little bit different. And, and one of the things I want the listeners to realize that regulators, whether it's the FCA, Farm Credit Administration, or whether it's uh, state federal regulators, are watching agriculture very, very closely. And so what's going to happen is the agriculture producers are going to have to be very proactive. They're going to have to have a balance sheet together, and they're going to have to have serial numbers and cattle ID numbers or livestock ID numbers on those because we're seeing some fraudulent activities. They're going to have to have a projected cash flow. And I'll hear some of the listeners say, I can't do that because we don't know what's going to happen. Well, do your scenario uh, type of analysis. So you're going to have to put that plan together. You're also going to have to have a little bit of a plan of what your goals are one year and five year so that the you know the banker the lender farm creditor fsa kind of knows kind of where you're going but boy they're going to be looking for whether the producer has that business iq it's kind of like basketball you know they'll say well this basketball player's got a high basketball iq they're going to be looking for this uh of what we would call business iq uh out there and it's not going to be business as usual one final note on land bob uh, land is a great bridge through the tr- economic trouble waters, i.e. through refinancing. We've had some producers, one, two, or three refinances. But what we got to be really careful is, as you do those refinances, taking operating losses and putting them out on term debt or land debt, it takes you out toward the end of the pier and the water gets deeper, i.e. you got higher debt service, and sometimes it can actually drown you. Yeah, so some critical, critical decisions have got to be made. It's a challenge. Dr. David Cole, again, the main speaker, featured speaker at this year's Wisconsin Corn, Soy, Pork Expo. I'm Bob Osold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. People are really enjoying our 400 different products. But one thing so many people are commenting on is the shift into calmness. This is a natural lifting of serotonin, extremely safe and valuable for everyone. After a long, hard day, we might want that abiding sense of calm. That does come with CBD oil. Green RX for CBD knowledge, information, and products. Lean Road near East Town and Odana Road near West Town. And GreenRXMadison.com, your complete CBD resource. I-39 Supplies Word of the Day. Fitness. Just bought a new UTV. Think it'll fitness and close trailer? Trailers, service, and more. I-39Supply.com. You're my parent, and I'll always need you. No matter their age, your children never stop counting on you. Visit parenting.org or call the Boystown National Hotline at 800-448-3000 for free parenting advice. Because farm is in our name, you know that we care about the health and well-being of your animals. We carry an unbeatable selection of superior quality bulk feed as well as probiotics, dewormers, buckets, blankets, bedding, and more. 
everything you need to keep your animals healthy and feeling their best. Right now, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, check out these great deals during our February feed sale. Buy three bags of select Neutrina feed and get the fourth bag free. Keep your livestock healthy with AgriMaster IPA3 Calf Milk Replacer. Its premium protein blend is formulated to support the immune system. A 50-pound bag, just $59.99. Pick up a 200-pound tub of all-natural protein for cattle and horses, now $49.99. And stock up on AgriMaster 33 and a third pound 16% horsepower protein blocks. They're just $7.99. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original authentic, still family-owned since 1955. She's listed as day-to-day, but then again, aren't we all? It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. 521, happy Valentine's Day, and time to check in on weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us. Hey, this is a pretty good Valentine as far as I'm concerned. We've already picked up two degrees in Madison since, uh, well, in the past hour, and it looks like we're still climbing. We're going to see some water run today, probably not enough to take down all the snow piles, though. No, but it's going to thaw quite a bit, no doubt about that. Unfortunately, I may have to throw a little bit of new stuff around on toward late today or this evening. A little bit of very light snow in the south, just a little light rain could be seen. May add to the slipperiness here as we head on into the evening. There's low pressure in Iowa. It's going to turn east and northeast, heading up through eastern Wisconsin on its way to Canada. It pulls a cold front through. Don't get used to the mile there. We get a whole lot colder already tonight, and we'll stay that way right into the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. I'm Jonathan Gibbs. I'm a fourth-generation farmer. What, what I would want someone to know about farming, I have tractors that are more sophisticated than some of our early space vehicles. For me, it's to put a crop in the field, apply inputs, and take a crop out of the field, try to do it with the smallest footprint on, on where I'm farming to do it the best I can. This motivates me to get out of bed. Learn more at badgerbean.com. Anchorage, Fairbanks, Juneau, and more. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to join me on this agricultural cruise and land tour August 20th through September 1st. We'll tour the Iditarod Trail headquarters, enjoy a three-night Holland America cruise through the breathtaking Inside Passage. Agricultural highlights include a visit to the Muskox Farm and the Great Alaska State Fair. All airfare and hotels always included. Call Holiday Vacations at 800 800- 826-2266 today. All righty, Stu, let's hear some of the details on this warm-up. Well, with the mild air, it's going to be cloudy, so that sun's not going to be a big help today. And by late afternoon, there could be some very light rain or a few snowflakes. Snow, especially further in the west and north. Temps in the upper 30s today. South winds at 5 to 10 become west by later this afternoon. Still some chance of a little light snow and cloudy early. Some clearing late as we fall into the single digits. Anywhere from 0 to about 5 above. And northwest winds will be strong, 10 to 20, gusting near 30. Five sunny skies, cooler mid-teens on Friday with the north winds at 8 to 18, and mostly sunny Saturday, back up in the lower even mid-20s, Pam, but there may be a little light snow Saturday night just into Sunday as well. All right, buddy, we'll uh, prepare for that and enjoy what we got. Thanks, Stu. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist with the weather details. Like I said, we've been warming up over the past hour or so. In La Crosse, you've got clear skies. You're at 25. Mauston, cloudy and 19. Madison at the airport, partly cloudy and 25. 
25. Good morning, Fondlac. You're cloudy and 27. Oshkosh, cloudy and 23 as we roll our way through a Valentine's Day Thursday. Coming up after 5.30, will we get a sweetheart kiss from the marketplace this morning? Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, FarmFuturesGot.com is going to join us. And we're talking with Senator Howard Markline on how things are stacking up at the Statehouse after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Bent spoons, jewelry, Legos. Over the years, your friends at Benjamin Plumbing have found all sorts of items that can obstruct a garbage disposal. Hey, it's an everyday common occurrence. When your pulverizing garbage disposal comes to a grinding halt, Benjamin Plumbing will dispatch one of their capable service techs to check things out. It could be an interesting discovery, or it could be your old garbage disposal has simply seen its last day. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Grumpy Garbage Disposal? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. I got a $5,000 signing bonus to join Santa Max. It was a no-brainer. I'm a CDL Class A truck driver for Santa Max. Home every day and no weekends. Santa Max is hiring CDL Class A truck drivers with experience to join the DeForest Third Shift team. Quarterly bonuses and a $5,000 signing bonus. Great pay, great company, and a $5,000 signing bonus. I made the move to Santa Max. It was a no-brainer. Apply online at SantaMax.com. S-A-N-I Max. Apply at SantaMax.com. The skills you can develop as a soldier in the Army National Guard can give you an edge in the high-tech job market of tomorrow. The Guard offers career training to take advantage of your skills in science, technology, engineering, and math that can help give you a leg up to a high-paying and rewarding STEM profession. Gain practical experience with emerging technology and equipment not found in the civilian world. The Army National Guard can get you started in an array of STEM-related career fields such as information technology, communication systems, special forces engineers, technical engineering, air traffic control, and chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear science. Get a head start on your career in an exciting new field while earning money to pay for college, all while serving in your own community. 
Log on to NationalGuard.com or talk to a recruiter in your area to learn about all of the STEM career opportunities available to you in the Army National Guard. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. The U.S. Energy Information Administration is reporting that U.S. crude oil production increased by an average of 90,000 barrels per day in January 2019 compared to December 2018. EIA now expects U.S. crude oil production in 2019 and 2020 to average more than previously forecast. EIA attributes the increased production forecast to improved productivity from wells in the Gulf of Mexico and the Permian Basin, a region which straddles Texas and New Mexico. In its February short-term energy outlook, EIA forecast that U.S. crude oil production will average 12.4 million barrels per day in 2019, which would break the record just set in 2018. The outlook also forecasts a new record for U.S. crude oil production in 2020, when EIA expects production to climb to an average 13.2 million barrels per day. At the expected rate of production growth, EIA forecasts that the United States will become a net exporter of crude oil and petroleum products in 2020. Jonathan Kogan for EIA, Washington. The largest video arcade in Wisconsin is right here in Madison. Geeks Mania Arcade and Family Entertainment Center. All the video games and pinball machines you love are waiting for you. Unleash your geek at Geeks Mania. Birthdays are great at Geeks Mania Arcade with group discounts and a free comic for the birthday boy or girl. New video games and pinball machines arrive almost every week. Geeks Mania Arcade. Odana Road across from Rustera where geeks rule. Geeks Mania family discounts good for up to five children under the age of 16 when accompanied by an adult. Odana Road across from Rustero. Geeks Mania. NBC 15 Sports Director Jocko. Uh, are, are you maybe you're our secret weapon, Jocko? I'll take the proven weapon, secret weapon, whatever you know. The weapon, weapon the proven secret weapon. Weapon yes. X. Weapon all of mass good. destruction. Yes. <laughs> all of that. All of that. All of the above. Uh, okay, let me ask you this then. Do you have a weapon to cure making free throws at the end of basketball games? Yeah, it's, uh, or, or just making some big shots or some some good offensive possessions that uh that one was uh a tough one to swallow yesterday that was uh it was there for the taking and uh it was it was a, a great game up until about five minutes left and then um Badgers just couldn't get anything going uh and yeah and then free throws were just uh and you know and always trying to make them so but uh <laughs> but they they were they were nasty last night, so it was... Uh, it's the Masons convention, Jacko. Bricks, yeah, man. It was, bricks. Man, it was just... Uh, it was disappointing. Like I said, it was one of the, You know, Michigan State's a great team, you know, and they, they're... You know, Tom Izzo always has them ready to play, and uh, up and down game all game long, and Badgers had a lead, Michigan State had a lead, and but, but that, at, the, at the end, that was that was there, and the Badgers could, just couldn't finish last night. So what what do you do, Jocko? Because we've been going back and forth on this. I mean, Ethan Happ's a, a great player. He's the reason Wisconsin's in games. I mean, you saw it on Saturday against Michigan. You take them out for nine minutes, they fall apart in the second half. So you obviously, you know, you got to have them on the court. But at the end of a game, if you're in a close game and in the NCAA tournament or the Big Ten tournament, there's two, three minutes left, and it's a two-point game up or down, how can you justify having him on the court if he's going to go 0-6 at the line? I think he needs, he needs just, well, you know, I've seen him, you know, I've been there before games where he's, you know, he's one of the first guys out there. He and Brad Davison and Reavers are usually, uh, Pritzel, some of the first guys out, you know, and, and uh, Haps out there working on free throws. And he looks good. I mean, you know, so it, I, I feel like one of these days it's going to be like six for six and everybody's going to rejoice. And 
uh, we'll all line up and sing varsity together. But uh, it just it, it's it's tough. To, last night was just was just rough. I mean, they they weren't even close. It looked like you know it looked like Hackershack last night. And and if you're another Big Ten team, why wouldn't you do it? You know, just uh, you you take the odds. But I just feel like one game where he he shoots well may propel him, you know, may get him in the right mindset and, and, and push him forward. But but as of right now, it's it's tough. Yeah, you take him out, you're, you're going to lose the game. If, if you leave him in, last night happened. So it's, 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 it's rough. Uh, visiting with Jocko, NBC 15 Sports, uh, you know, that being said, uh, and the Badgers kind of said this going into the game, you know, this was kind of an elimination game as far as the Big Ten title. I mean, obviously still the, very much an entry tournament team, but, but how much is that one going to hurt? Uh, Jocko, as far as the grand scheme of things, as far as you know, the Big Ten race goes. Yeah, that that, that one hurt a lot because you need that home game. I mean, it it has been crazy as far as you know teams that you wouldn't think have been beating each other up, and uh, even even Maryland beating Purdue, and and it just it seems like nobody. The good thing is nobody's running away with it, but but when you lose a home game uh, against a really good team that you know you know that a lot of teams aren't going to beat at their place and then you know you got to win that home game against Michigan State that that it just hurts a lot I mean I would say that the Badgers you know have a pretty favorable schedule for the most part coming up uh as far as finishing out the Big Ten but uh um you know the regular season title looks like uh it may have been lost last night but certainly there's you know five or six games left I think so uh, there's it's weird to me there's only three home games left so that it kind of makes me sad, you know. The, the season the season went pretty quickly. I mean, we I was pulling out parking tickets, our parking uh, passes last night, and I'm like, wait a second, there's only three games left. That, you know, what, what happened this season? But but hey, Jacko, but, uh, what's your what's your favorite part of like you know sports season? You get a little break, right? There's like this little crossover where you don't have to do anything for like a week or two. Yeah, they're, they're well. That see, to me, well, that's the hardest because, like, well, that's hard to get know, the stories. Yeah, but for yeah. like for like the mental health, sometimes it's yeah, nice the, to just kind of yeah, sit it, back it, and. It is nice that you know, like the football season is pretty much a grind. As far oh as, yeah, big time. You know, like uh, you know, we do so much on Friday nights and then Saturday and Sunday, and and you know, taking different days off, and um, I'd say that's the biggest grind. But I, I would say this time for me, even though it's still a grind as far as high school basketball and wrestling and. Uh, swimming and and um, so what do you think? Like March, like middle March, right before I, I baseball like, starts uh, up. April. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. It is a Thursday, and that means our man Bryce Noor, commodity specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, FarmFutures.com, going to give us a few moments before six o'clock. Are we still feeling optimistic about what's going on in Beijing? What's happening in the markets? Bryce will give us the details via Skype in just a little bit. A little bit better weather today by far. It's going to stay cloudy, but very mild. 38 are expected high. Might want to pay attention this afternoon. Could see some light rain or snow showers develop. I'm P.M. Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Valentine's Day. And back on this date in 269, 269, St. Valentine died. He was a Roman bishop and a martyr back on this date in 269. What other items happened on this date? Well, in 1876, the telephone was patented. Both Alexander Graham Bell and Elisha Gray applied for the patent on the same day. Alexander Graham Bell won that one. Dolly the Sheep. Remember Dolly the Sheep on this date back in 2003? 
Dolly the sheep, the first mammal that they cloned from an adult, was put down. She had signs of premature aging and had contracted a bunch of diseases. Dolly the sheep went to sleep on this date back in 2003. And maybe some of you remember this one. On this date in 1960, John F. Kennedy came to Wisconsin on his presidential campaign. He was in Fort Atkinson and uh, riding around in a truck that was playing Frank Sinatra's High Hopes. He went to Whitewater, Fort Atkinson, Elkhorn, Lake Geneva. I know he went up in the lacrosse area, too. He was 42 years old. He had his wife along with him, and he pretty much said, Hello there, I'm Jack Kennedy. I'm a candidate in the Democratic primary for president, and I invite your support. Back on this date, 1960, and now you know. Speaking of uh, political figures and what's happening in politics, got to keep an eye on what's going on at the State House. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers has floated a couple of balloons that Wisconsin agriculture is paying attention to. His agenda calling for uh, clean water campaigns, that's catching Wisconsin agriculture's attention, and also rural health care, high on his priorities. What's happening at the State House? Well, just uh, yesterday, Wisconsin State Assemblyman Todd Novak was named chairman of the Speaker's Task Force on Water Quality. He's a Dodgeville Republican. He also serves as the vice chair of the Assembly Agriculture Committee. He is going to lead a 16-member bipartisan panel that's made up of legislators from both the Assembly and the Senate to take a look at water quality issues facing rural communities and Wisconsin agriculture. Wisconsin Senator Howard Markline is the new chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, had a chance to visit with him yesterday and asked if he sees any policy development, any bills coming forward now that Wisconsin agriculture should be paying attention to. Well, you know, every one of us wants clean, clean water. Uh, you know, our farmers, well, my God, you know, <clears throat> uh, they got to you know, feed their livestock and uh, they, they live on the farms. And you know, I guess the thing that, um, you know, I, I know I've talked to a, a number of farmers, you know, in my area that I think when this issue first came up, uh, you know, in my corner of the state, I'm in the southwest uh, part of Wisconsin, and we had the, the well the, uh, testing uh, and 40 some percent <clears throat> came up uh, as unsafe. And, uh, you know, a lot of people immediately pointed to our farmers, you know, they're they're the problem. And, and I guess the the farmers that I talk to, I think, are saying, "Hey, listen, let's get information. Let's uh, get the facts first. We're, we're not sure what's causing this. Are these faulty wells? You know, possibly. Uh, is this human waste? Are these uh, uh, faulty uh, uh, septic systems that are causing the problem?" So, uh, I think for a lot of the farmers I talk to, you know, they just want us to be. Um, you know, make sure there's improvements, but also let's not jump to a knee-jerk uh, reaction. So, um, so anyway, I'm, and I think that's kind of the approach that I want to take. You know, to, you know, be thoughtful about this, get the information, um, make rational decisions, and uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, a number of the the farm groups that I've talked to are, I mean, they're they're on board. They're, you know, they're they, they want clean water as well. So. Uh, from a policy standpoint, I don't know that you can point back to something in the previous administration that is, you know, that uh, we didn't or didn't do uh, that could have been done <clears throat> at this point, because I don't think we know for sure 
what the uh, source of the problem really is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me ask you then, Howard, do you, has anybody approached you on uh, particular bills? Are you hearing anything that's uh, being circulated around for signatures relative to agriculture? I mean, to be fair, uh, and the audience probably knows this, over the past year, two years, there haven't been any real lightning bolt issues relative to agriculture that either the House or the Senate's had to work with. You see anything changing about that this year? Well, there's a, there's a couple of proposals out there uh, right now that um, are just very early in the uh, in the process, and uh, you know that has to do with um, you know giving uh, you know paying farmers for improvements uh, for for runoff for non-point uh, runoff. So uh, I know there's a bill out there right now that uh, has been worked on by Senators Coles and, and, and Senator Teston. So, you know, that's one I'm going to keep an eye on. Obviously, it's, you know, could have a a positive effect uh, on on a lot of our our farmers and and small communities. So um, I don't know that, um, you know, in in the past you brought up about the the ag ag issues in the legislature. And what I heard for the last several years is when I sat down with our farm uh, groups is most for the most part, they said, don't do anything. I mean, we are, you know, we sometimes... (laughs) You know, they don't want you to, you know, mm-hmm. don't 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 pass bills that don't do any good. You know, mm-hmm. just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're comfortable with, with where things are at. And, of course, the economy, farm economy wasn't great. So I, I don't think we have to be sensitive to that as well at this time, that we're not dumping on farmers at the time when they can least afford it right now. From Barneville, that's Wisconsin Senator Howard Markline, the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee. He is going to be joining us from time to time to make sure if there's any bills or policy advancing at the State House that could impact Wisconsin agriculture or involves Wisconsin agriculture, we'll know about it. It's 542. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual is excited to announce the Rural Mutual Farm Dividend Program. The first of its kind in the state. They know how hard you work, so they want to reward you. Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program rewards farmers for their loyalty and dedication with up to a 5% dividend. And since Rural Mutual only does business in Wisconsin, premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. To learn more about Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program and how you may qualify, please contact a rural agent or visit RuralMutual.com. 38, our expected high for today. Bryce Knorr, commodity analyst, joining us in just a little bit. A lot of emphasis this week on weather, not just weather here in the United States, but weather in South America. Of course, they had uh, kind of a drought that hit some of their major growing regions, and that's got a lot of folks wondering just how big their harvest is going to be. Dan Rose is an analyst with U.S. Commodities, and he says the soybean harvest right now is moving pretty quickly, and he says so far... The yield information they're getting is better than they expected. Probably somewhere in the area, 25, 26, 27 percent harvested on soybeans in Brazil, about twice as fast as uh, normal. We've got Mato Grosso, which if you put in perspective, is a little bit in the north, and they're about 50 percent harvested. The yields, what are the yields? Mato Grosso, that's the fastest state, you know, 50 percent. Their yield is coming in right at 50 bushels. 
that's down about 3% from last year, so the yield a little bit uh, less. And that's mainly due to the dry conditions. Remember, it was too wet early. Then, then it turned dry in January, and so the crop is under a little bit of pressure there. Dan Rose, he's an analyst with U.S. Commodities. He says that the quality of Brazilian soybeans should be competitive with U.S. soybeans, and that's why these discussions going on in Beijing are all the more important to try to tip the scales back towards the United States. Markets in overnight electronic trade are mixed. Right now, December corn's down a half, 402 November beans. They're up a quarter at 959. The July wheat, that's currently trading down two cents, 524 and a half. Barrel cheese yesterday gained two and a quarter cents at 143 and a half. 40 pound black cheese was up three and a quarter, 159 and a quarter, while the double A butter dropped a penny and three quarters down to 223 and three quarters. The fluid milk right now marches up a nickel, trading at 1483. April milk's unchanged, 1471. Yes, you still have to get out to August before we see any fluid milk contracts that are at or above the $16 mark as far as price. We'll take a break. What's happening with our prices this morning in Chicago? Bryce Knorr is on the horn with us next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual is excited to announce the Rural Mutual Farm Dividend Program. The first of its kind in the state. They know how hard you work, so they want to reward you. Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program rewards farmers for their loyalty and dedication with up to a 5% dividend. And since Rural Mutual only does business in Wisconsin, premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. To learn more about Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program and how you may qualify, please contact a rural agent or visit RuralMutual.com. 57 Facet Diamond has been around since Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. They're beautiful, and Kessler's sells a lot of them. More than anyone in Wisconsin. I'm Monica Kessler. But Alexander Graham Bell never imagined cell phones. Just like the jewelers of yesterday never imagined the Kessler 81 Diamond. 81 windows, not just 57. And every one of those windows is a lighthouse. Shooting beams of light across the room. Delivering hope for tomorrow. And encouragement for today. Your one carat Kessler 81 created diamond. Or your one carat princess cut created diamond. Mounted in white gold. The definitive engagement ring. The classic solitaire. Is yours for just $3,500. For one carat? Other stores would sell this ring for twice that price. Welcome to Kessler's. And congratulations on your engagement. Find the Kessler's diamonds nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com.
filling your daily quota of cows and sows. It's the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Rolling up on 548 on a Thursday that's uh, going to bring you a little Valentine surprise in the way of temperatures. We should top out right around 38 degrees. Already climbing this morning. What about the markets? Are they climbing? Let's find out. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Joining us live via Skype to get us uh, ahead of the trade. So, everybody's been focused in this week on the trade talks in China, Bryce. It seems to ebb and flow. One morning we're optimistic about it, the next day we're a little anxious about it. What's the latest news out of Beijing? Well, those talks have gotten underway and people are making uh, nice statements at the start of them uh, overnight. And uh, it looks like uh, President Trump's talking about maybe pushing back that March 1 deadline for raising tariffs uh, from 10% to 25% on Chinese imports, maybe pushing back that deadline two months, which would give uh, the negotiators time to maybe hammer out a deal that uh, he could sign in a big ceremony with uh, President Xi of China. There are some serious uh, disagreements uh, that uh, still need to be resolved. Nothing really to do with agriculture. Uh, that's just been uh, the, the thing that's caught in the crossfire of all uh, all the different uh, currents going on between the two countries. Yeah, now they were talking, uh, they, they, what about the March 1st deadline? Do we think that's going to stick now, or are we going to wait until uh, the two get together in March? Right, that's what they're, they're talking about, maybe, we, maybe pushing that back uh, two months uh, to uh, be, give them time to actually come up with a final deal. Uh, it's one thing to have something you can shake your hand on, but you've got to get all this stuff done in writing and make sure you have uh, all of your uh, I's dotted and yeah. T's crossed so you can ac- actually have, have an agreement that can be enforced and that means something. really does look like uh, China's uh, economic situation is deteriorating quickly, though, doesn't it? Right. Their economic growth definitely slowing, and that's one reason why they have some motivation to do this. On the other hand, uh, they uh, don't have a motivation to actually uh, do stuff that that might uh, weaken them further. And uh, so it's, uh, it's unclear as to just uh, where this final agreement may wind up uh, uh, going and uh, how worthwhile it's going to be. All we can say... Uh, from an agricultural standpoint, is we want the whole thing to end so we can try to start getting back to, to what passes for normal. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're kind of getting back to normal when it comes to our uh, USDA reports. Uh, today, I assume our export numbers will come out. Right. We've got the export sales numbers come out at 7.30 Central Time. Now, these are going to be for the first week of January. Uh, we won't get caught up uh, completely until next week. And that's, of course, assuming that the government stays open. So we're still uh, having a little bit of jet lag, at least in terms of the export sales data. Does, but we have pretty good confidence it'll probably stay open, don't we, Bryce? Well, the, the, all signs point to that. Nobody really wants to shut it down. <laughs> right, right. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, what else is going on. So like I mentioned today, we're going to see a little bit of a rally as far as our temperatures are concerned. What's happening with our energy stocks these days, Bryce? Any any big meetings that are going on that could influence that? Well, probably the biggest event there is that it uh, looks like Saudi Arabia will be cutting back its exports as well as making another cut to production. So that's firmed up. The crude oil market, uh, a couple bucks this week, we're trading just below $55 a barrel. And that comes despite uh, rising inventories here in the U.S. as our production remains near record levels. So what uh, this is doing, of course, is making uh, diesel 
uh, more expensive for farmers who are needing to buy it. Uh, the other problem that the Midwest growers are having is that uh, some of the refineries have been down in the Midwest, either doing some maintenance or w what they call unscheduled maintenance. That's typically when something blows up. So we've had l lower production. So that's starting to tighten inventories even before farmers get serious about buying, which is going to be starting soon. So it doesn't look like diesel prices will be getting much cheaper uh, anytime soon. Mm. And um, missed uh, missed any opportunity, I guess, if it was about forward contracting, huh? Right. We did have a really good opportunity for uh, buying as much diesel as you can at, at the end of the year. And that's one reason why you have to watch these uh, input markets so carefully, uh, because uh, when they drop, uh, that can be a, a buying opportunity to really lock in what you're going to need for the next year or two. Hey, I don't want to throw you off your game or anything, Bryce, but I'm kind of curious. We're getting real close to uh, crop insurance deadline for adjustments, stuff like that. Are any anybody talking about the farm bill, ARC, PLC, county, so on and so forth? We got to start making some decisions here pretty quick. I'm wondering how it's all coming into play. Yeah, they had there was a big conference call uh, a couple of weeks ago that indicated. We might be getting at least some details on program sign-up in a couple of weeks. I have a, a large analysis, county-by-county county analysis on farmfutures.com with my best guess as to how each county could fare from the changes in the ARC program as well as whether or not it may pay to update your uh, base acres for uh, PLC and just the farm program in general. We have uh, interactive Google Maps. People can go on there and click on their county and come up with the uh, full details. So you can look for that at uh, farmfutures.com. But uh, we still don't have any sort of details as to what exactly that's going to mean. And like you say, it's getting to be the time when we need to know those numbers so you can plug them into your marketing program because the government program acts as a put, uh, setting a, flow, yeah. a floor below the market. Yeah, exactly. Anything else in particular you're going to keep an eye on today, Bryce? Well, just want to mention that we did get Chinese soybean import uh, numbers for January. They came out overnight. Uh, they showed uh, that their total imports were up 29% from uh, December, but down 13% from year-ago level. And their year-to-date uh, imports are off nearly eight, 18%. Uh, that's well below uh, what both the USDA and the Chinese government forecast. Uh, U.S. Uh, shipments uh, uh, to China uh, down more than 90%. Ooh. That bodes not so good for our open. All right, my friend. Appreciate that. Uh, as always, Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Joining us live via Skype. You might want to check out all that information as far as crop insurance and more on that uh, China import data at farmfutures.com. And, of course, follow him on social media as well. He'll be back with us again coming up on Tuesday. All right, tomorrow we are going to chat a little bit on what's happening as far as, let's see, how about hemp production tomorrow? That's where we'll be. It's 5.55. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.